Hello, meine Freunde. Welcome to the first episode of Steiner School. Taylor and I have wanted to start like a book club of sorts to go through all the Steiner lectures and it never happened. And we thought, what better way to motivate us and to start talking about it on the podcast. And instead of starting another podcast, I'm just giving it another title under the umbrella of Singsters Dream On. So if you've never heard of Rudolf Steiner before, I mean, I suggest you look into him. He's a pretty wicked cool guy. And if you know a lot about Steiner, I would love to have you on the podcast. So please send me a DM or something or an email. If you'd like to talk about Steiner, you know, maybe more intelligibly than Taylor and I managed, but we had to do this episode to kind of lay the foundation, lay the base of where we want to jump off of. There's so many Steiner lectures that are like super pertinent to kind of what we're moving through now in life that we want to, that we want to pour over. So had to kind of get this one out of the way, talking about Lucifer and Armand, um, what else do I want to say about this? This episode, I mean, I totally understand if it's hard to follow. It's like us processing. It's a lot of rambling. Um, and there's there's like our contact tech issues and our children bothering us. And we talk over each other more than normal. So give us a pardon. Hopefully it's still somewhat enjoyable and um, really enjoy doing it though. It's, it's really helped my own understanding of Steiner so far and I I really do want to keep doing it so if you like this let me know if you hate this I mean still let me know and I hope you enjoy thanks okay setting the scene Rudolf Steiner Lucifer and Armon lecture one I guess we should kind of go over why we want to do this we should set an intention I think we should okay so Rudolf Steiner, I'll do a little intro on him. It's like a very petite one. Rudolf Steiner, Austrian. Well, if you Wikipedia him, it's going to say architect. At first, it's going to say architect, but he's so many things. So if you don't know who Rudolf Steiner is, I, I do suggest like going to read about him because it will make everything more understandable. But um, a like I guess a philosopher, would you say? Of his time yes, and our he- time? Yes, he, I would say a philosopher, but he took philosophy to a new level and essentially created anthroposophy, right? Which is like a different level of philosophy. So, so that's another thing to go back and look into, which would be the Theosophical Society. He broke away from that, started anthroposophy. And not only does he have that on his resume, but it's like architect, um, new ways of education so like he started Waldorf school he was into skincare he was into biodynamic gardening well he wasn't into skincare but he was like the science behind you know like um natural products um what else it's like a very very long resume like this guy had his hand in everything and the way things have been going like in our life now bringing it into the now Everything that Steiner talked about in the early 1900s, well, it's pretty much, he's, he hasn't, from, from my vantage point, he hasn't really been wrong, let's say, or, or everything that he was kind of war- warning about, uh, he, was, he was doing a lot of uh, prophecy work, he hasn't really been wrong. So, so Taylor and I 
and we've done this with our other friends, but now Taylor and I are taking it to the podcast <laughs> for Steiner School, and we really want to go through all of his lectures, kind of bring them into the now again, like I said, with real world examples. And I mean, this is for us, but this is for anyone listening to, to like develop our understanding of the Rudolf Steiner teachings. That was very broken up intro, but did I miss anything? No, I think that was perfect. I think that didn't miss anything at all because I think everyone kind of needs to know who Steiner is to some extent. Um, And yeah, like I think it's important that for the people listening that they come to an understanding and then can see it in in their own reality like to really grasp it yeah and something like something important I think is that like maybe you and I have talked about this privately but like maybe in five years we won't like Steiner anymore so that always has to be like said like maybe we're only resonating with him right now and that's just a building block for our own consciousness and we like it won't be everlasting but for right now I've been really sitting with everything that I've been reading and listening to, because you can listen to his lectures as well. Sorry, my voice is weird, but everything is resonating to like the degree. So I think that's why I like, I feel super compelled to talk about this until I make more sense of it too. So, um, but yeah, we're always learning, right? My whole point is we're always, we're always learning and I'm not sticking to like, I'm not going to be stuck into just a Steiner model. Um, it, it just like, even though I'm enjoying it right now. So I just wanted to put that little caveat in there. I also wanted to say, um, in talking about who he is, I read something really nice on like, there's so many websites about him. I didn't even know this until we decided to do this, but there's like Steiner. What is this one? There's the archives. Um, rudolfsteiner.org so I was reading about that and I would go to that website actually rudolfsteiner.org what I liked about it was they said that he was the proponent of like the middle path which kind of goes into what we're about to talk about right now the middle path of having a spiritual life mixed in with your earth like your earthly dense existence but making sure that you are being mindful well, I wanted to say enjoying the two, because I think that's what a lot of people are truly missing at the end of the day, enjoying being a spiritual being, but also having like a divinely human existence. And then what, uh, and then his teachings are bringing into the awareness of our past, maybe negative influences on our human experience and what's to come. So this is the part where Taylor and I want to jump in on and say, Hey, there's this guy in the early 1900s. And he told us a bunch of shit about what's to come. And this is where we're kind of jumping in with the Lucifer and Aramon, well, mostly the Aramon, really. Okay, did I miss anything there? I think that's a good spot. No, that's perfect. Okay. So I'm going to say a little bit about the Lucifer stuff from this first lecture. So the lecture that we're, we're, we are actually talking about is the Lucifer and Aramon 191, I think it is. So in this lecture, essentially in the beginning, Steiner's talking about the luciferic impulse and he truly means like lucifer the fallen angel the impulse and the characteristics of what lucifer brings to humanity and another thing to mention is that he truly okay so we have to believe that there truly was a fallen angel lucifer who had a human existence 
the fallen angel part isn't important i think it's the fact that the fallen angels characteristics um i'm i don't want to say characteristics there's another word i'm trying to say um maybe just impulses the impulses of lucifer built up and that created an avatar of a human who walked this planet in a very similar way jesus the avatar the son of god who had the christ impulse within him walked this planet and then what's to come rudolph uh prophesied that there would be an be one called Araman. he's to come he will walk this planet and there's always essentially a buildup of energy that is needed for that incarnation to occur okay so i hope i explained that properly that's kind of a tough one to think about but the reason i say that is because we are coming at this from the understanding um that these like men did and will uh touch earth on this planet the sphere whatever like however you think of this world I will describe the Luciferic impulse as best as I have understood it to this point. So everyone's rocking with paganism. Paganism is all good. <laughs> and paganism worked because men, like men and women, were responding to their environment. So the way Steiner described it was that in the pagan time, you could look up in the cosmos and your the essence of you would be reflected by the night sky and you would be comforted by the fact that you were part of the ecosystem. So it's kind of sounds like more of like you're an animal in that way, but it's really like, I mean, I found it pretty beautiful. Man could look into the night sky and his whole day could be reflected to him. He knew how to move. He knew where to go. He knew what he was doing. There was a safety. There was a comfort. Um, and that was like cycled through him. Anything to add to that? I'm kind of butchering it. No, you're not. I was just going to say, um, and I think it's important to know because even when I first read it, I was like, oh yeah, astrology, but this has nothing to do with astrology. This is not like the mathematical composition of the sky. This is literally like, I love how you said, man would just look up at the sky and really be reflected um, through that in his decisions in his movements um in the way that he chose to guide his life essentially so um everything was yeah, reflected. I just wrote down he was safe and secure and conducted himself from from like the information that he received from his environment basically which is yeah good, absolutely which is a more natural environment at this time so keeping in mind like what we're talking about here we're talking about like wild nature <laughs> basically yeah. And then it's like when for people, anybody listening, it's like when you think of paganism now and like the wheel of the year and the harvest festivals and, and, and Yule and, you know, the rebirth into spring and all of those types of things. It's like, man was just really intertwined with that cycle and living their life through that, I think is like the easiest way to put that. Thank you. That was much better. Okay. So man was an integral part of nature and then an energy built up where there was almost uh, nexus points. So we're going to talk about all these nexus points, really, where suddenly a moral impulse um, began, and that began with the incarnation of of Lucifer, and that 
was in Asia in the third millennium BCE. Okay, so I don't even think it's important to try and figure out what or when. Long time ago, Lucifer walks the earth. After this time, the Luciferic impulse or all of the energy that brought, uh, that was cycling through humans and this like the sphere of um, the earth, there was a change where now suddenly there's almost like a polarity available to people or to our existence. I, I don't want to make it too individual because at this point in paganism, this is still like very collective. So there's an impulse available to the collective now after this um, incarnation of Lucifer, which changes things. And now we have a, I mean, I guess I want to say a negative and a positive is that but it's not technically negative and it's not technically positive. It's just now there's a morality um, bit to the human psyche. This is how I understood it. So if, uh, if I am wrong, please correct me. I'll say that. So this also lends itself to how we can really start to see in antiquity high societies uh, form and like flourish and then also start to see like a fall of societies so everything is starting to have like a peak uh like we are having these crescendos and these what's the opposite of crescendo decrescendo is that what it is yeah (laughs) i don't know i was i played the saxophone for how many years i'm pretty sure that's what it's called i literally took piano until i was 15 and the fact that i can't think of what that is i fail i was can i add something yeah please do okay okay What I was going to add is one thing that really caught me in the lecture was when Steiner talked about the one-sidedness of the Luciferic impulse. And the way that I understood that is that, okay, we had this like pagan way of life, this like interconnectedness, um, which is integral, which is important. We needed that for humanity. So we needed that um, connection to everything that was, is, and could be. And to see ourselves mirrored in our um, earth and the skies and the cosmos and and each other. Um, What I believe happened is instead of having that um, inner guidance that like, which obviously we know what comes comes next and we'll get there. Um, Instead of going within oneself to decide what to do or to decide how to move forward or decide how to um, you know, advance on our path of life or our journey, it became that we were seeking external information constantly and external knowledge. And, and I guess that gets into the like polytheistic uh, kind of worshiping of, of all these different gods and goddesses and, and symbols and, and whatever that um, we no longer were looking within ourselves. And I think that's where the moral impulse comes in because it's like, we weren't tapping into ourselves anymore. We were always looking outside ourselves. And I think that's the okay, very, wonderful. yeah, I think that's the very basic, like basic, basic simplified foundation of the Luciferic impulse is it's like a constant external externalized right. seeking. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad you just said all that because it wasn't a polarity because that would come with Aramon. See, I'm already, this is what I mean. Like this stuff is dense. It seems very simple. I will say it seems simple when you first read it, but then being, but then now that I've been sitting on it and like, I've been trying to apply it to 
well, everything, to be quite honest, I'm trying to apply it to everything to make more sense of it in my own head. Like the discernment is rough. It's like, it's super fun, but okay. So yes to everything you said, it's absolutely not a polarity because uh, you just reminded me. So the, it's almost like the feedback loop stopped because the luciferic impulse had built up so much that now people were seeking, 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 which is what the luciferic impulse does. It, it almost degrades yourself, uh, um, of your security, like you're like, like to put it in like really basic terms. It's like, you don't have any more, um, self-esteem because now you're just not, you can't even, uh, feel how you're supposed to move in life. You're like, Oh, I got to ask somebody, you know, those people who are constantly, um, asking somebody about what should they should do with their life or whatever. That's like a really like real world example the luciferic impulse working through somebody because they can't trust themselves. So they're going to go to the psychic. They're going to go to the friend. They're going to ask everybody what they should do about their life because they literally can't cycle it through themselves and have an inner knowing, no inner knowing anymore, no inner knowing and no discernment, which I think is a key piece as well. There's no more discernment on what is for you and what is not for you because you're not allowing anything to move through you anymore because like you said there's no self-trust so it's literally like you have no discernment um somebody's going to tell you one thing and that's even when i think about the luciferic impulse of like taking you off your path it's because you're constantly externalizing constantly seeking and there's no discernment anymore of like what is holy and what is unholy or like what is sacred and what is not sacred or what is for you and what is not for you so you you are completely uh, disembod- disembodied from your divinity within yourself. It's kind of interesting then to see how we can have this incredibly large pantheon of deities, of beings. I mean, we, which still brings us like to the new age spirituality of now, like you can truly be in communication or, uh, or communing, I was going to say with loads of entities and those entities can be from god that's not really the problem it's just the fact that paganism opened us up to seeking so much that we can pull information from like anywhere so it's not just necessarily nature and the sky anymore and we're not cycling through ourselves this is this is the whole point of like, oh my God, well, I'm going to do this channeling. I mean, I'm literally bringing it back to kind of now, but channeling has been around since, you know, well, this, this is exactly what we're talking about. So it's interesting that it's like really dependent on the information from who or whom or what uh, mind, body, spirit complex you're getting your information from, which is going to give us the information about well, I mean, really, who the hell are we? Where are we? What's going on? And that isn't um, cycling through us the same as prior to when Lucifer had his incarnation. I think I think that kind of wrapped it up. Did I miss something? No, oh, I... Oh, go oh ahead. sorry. I just said it was the development of the individual. So that was the whole point. Man detaches from being kind of the collective with nature. And now we're individuals, let's say. So this is the jump off because now we're kind of at the point where it's like, okay, now we're, we know who we are. Cause it's kind of the same as we are today. Okay. So that brings us to 
Okay, so let's go back to Steiner for a second. So Steiner teaches in a, in, in a way that we can understand how humanity has been affected by the Luciferic impulse up until, well, to this day still, but how there's another energy that works hand in hand with the Luciferic impulse, and that's Aramon. Um, but I was also going to say that Steiner states that um, one or the other tends to rule an epoch. And it's like our job as humanity to discern which one um, is kind of dominating that epoch. So like which one is is the more prevalent um, impulse. And I think this is where a lot of people are actually confused right now, including myself before I read this, because I kept referring to a lot of things as the Luciferic impulse. Um, and I don't necessarily agree that it is like the Luciferic impulse or um, kind of dominated by that energy or by that, you know, um, individual, which I mean, it's, it's not really that, but it is at the same time. But um, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people are kind of getting like confused right now with what's going on in the world is because we keep referring it to like Luciferic and satanic, which that's a whole other conversation, but like we keep referring to it as that. And I think that's, actually part of the problem is because we're not referring to it of like what it actually is if that makes sense i don't know if you would agree with that well, but. i mean i think it depends on the person i don't think a lot of people know about steiner in general i mean he's you kind of have to be in the like a little bit in the know i, I or, agree with that or have I, some no. kind of association where you're like kind of like oh who's that dude oh what what did he talk about like we don't know that kind of thing so it's kind of buried in a way but I was gonna say I don't think it is a separate conversation like the way people say oh Lucifer is Satan and Satan is Lucifer or whatever because in a real way like Lucifer isn't really a bad dude he was the light bringer but with so much light you can get so lost I think that's something important to say like it he the the impulse illuminates everything so much so that you can totally degrade yourself if you want to with so much information and that's that's the hard part of like keeping your head on straight you could be you could be learning you could have the literally light shone on so many aspects of like literally anything choose anything and you can get completely lost but that's where like the seed of evil is because you will lose yourself in that well and i think too you'll lose christ right which is well, like yeah sorry exactly <laughs> well that that exactly no i know that's what you're saying but like yeah you lose you you are um diverted from um christ consciousness essentially which which is what the problem is with lucifer um essentially but yeah with the lucifer and satan thing like and i'm pretty sure i could be wrong i'm sure we will do a uh steiner school on <laughs> on this at some point but i'm pretty sure from steiner's teachings um lucifer and satan are not the same entity or same individual i just meant um, the same way that people use them because i think you're right. oh yeah. okay yeah I just mean, yeah like no. in the so, in a evil way like yeah it, no and it's so flippantly right so like evil is satan is the devil is the antichrist well again uh i think aramon is more of the antichrist right and we'll like we're leading to that correct so anyways but i think the, i think my last bit about this uh lucifer piece before i'm gonna let you talk about aramon i hope i made some kind of sense of this was that going forward in time 
it's like we have this, uh, we look at the scales, we have Lucifer on one hand, one side, and we have Aramon on the other side. Lucifer maybe paved the way for the Aramonic impulse to uh, gain traction in us. So, so without the Lucifer stuff, we won't be able to have the Aramon stuff. And that's how they're like blood brothers that way. And what the, the ideal, the ideal, um, I think Steiner's main objective was to literally snap us out of our own bullshit and be like, Hey, this is why we need to learn about consciousness. This is what we need to get, uh, literally woken up out of because you need to remember how holy and human you can be. And like, um, like really a deep remembering or else these two, uh, energies on either side it's kind of like you know how they do the angel and the devil on the shoulder but literally it's just lucifer and armon on your shoulder and like your heart space is christ so who's gonna weigh you down because if you are centered neither i think it's important to know that neither of these two energies can negatively affect you you can actually use those two energies um in your best interest of becoming like a more conscious and well-rounded person and, and uh, help like service to others, like all these kinds of beautiful things that I think our generation is really about. Um, but we can't really do that without the understanding of what's working against us and how we can work, make it work for us. Yeah. I love that you just led us there because the first thing that I was going to say with Aramon is um, that Steiner specifically says in the lecture that um, there is nothing that we can do like within humanity to stop our moms coming. But the, the key is that we can be aware and be able to see it in front of us so that we do not fall victim to this impulse, essentially. Um so that is what he kept stressing and he stressed it for a very long time that nobody is waking up to this and nobody is seeing what is happening. And therefore that is not the path that humanity should take. That is not a path of expansion and evolvement in the way that we want to go um, in our evolution. It is like, so that needs, I think, to be said really clear is that Aramon is not, um, like a holy entity and Aramon is not, uh, you know, for the benefit of humanity, um, if we are to go down that road. So he definitely did stress that. And he did predict, um, just like, I think you said, Lucifer was three millennia before Christ. So, you know, 3000 years before Christ or, or whatever that kind of looks like. Um, and then he predicted that Aramon would be about 3000 years or three millennia after Christ. So we're looking at I mean, in his prediction, we're looking at a, you know, 3000, the year 3000. So we're at 2022 that because that stuff always messes me up. Does it? I okay. Math on this. I just say, okay, post a, we're the post Atlantean epoch. That's all I know. We're the fifth. Yeah. So we're in the fifth post Atlantean yeah, epoch. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. So the epochs get a little confusing and I think it's totally fine to talk about this because it is, but I do know that a millennia like is mm -hmm. a thousand years. So we're at, you know, 2022 we're AD, so we're we're coming up on it and i think once you know once we get into the the impulse the harmonic impulse i think for anybody listening they'll see how close we are uh getting to like an um, actual incarnation of our kind of like an actual incarnation right. and then and and again i i, I do want to say that while people are listening to this um for anyone who is um you know acquainted with different 
uh, theologies or the Bible or revelations or anything like that. It is all very intertwined. So I don't know that much about any of it, but for anybody who does, I think you'll see the the similarities of what it says. Um, so to just simply start, um, Armand's impulse uh, looks like um, a very mechanistic and mathematical understanding of the world. So automatically taking the spirit and soul and holiness and divinity out of our existence and out of our cosmos and out of our earth and out of our planet and out of everything. So it's a very scientific um, perspective of everything that includes statistics that includes, um, you know, studies and, um, just, you know, instead of looking at the spiritual essence of the planets in our solar system, we're looking at what kind of gases they're composed of and just vary on the material, physical, tangible plane. Um, and Aramon actually uses statistics and uses science to manipulate humanity to detach them um, from our divinity and from our, our Christ consciousness, essentially, from the knowing that we are more than just a um, physical vessel. Another, another impulse, or rather another part of his impulse is uh, nationalism. So, and that, you know, when Steiner was talking about that, it was very much in the political realm. Um, but it is within anything that impulse permeates anything that will cause division rather than unity between humanity. And it's not that you can't have a differing opinion than another individual. It's that when you take that opinion or that perspective and it pits you against your fellow, uh, you know, human being or or your family or your friends or whatever. So whether it's Democratic or, or Republican or uh, it's, you know, I can't even race, anything like that, anything that's going to put you against one another in a way that does not allow you to see your the humanity in one another or see that you can both have your own experiences and be right um, in, in that or your subjective truths, uh, that is an harmonic impulse. Um, and if you'll look around today, and this is very obvious and very, uh, you know, simplistic, but if we look around today, if we look at, you know, quote unquote, the powers that be, that is what has been emphasized for how many years now is they are constantly playing into any, any single opportunity that they can to pit us against one another, to have two uh, very differing opinions um, that essentially make enemies out of each other. So there's no more unity. There's no more that, you know, we can all share different perspectives. We can share different worldviews, but we're still unified together. Um, another one of his impulses is the inability or rather, I want to say the lack of responsibility, actually the lack of self-responsibility to seek knowledge. Um, so one thing that Steiner talks about specifically in the lecture is, for example, he speaks about dogmatic Christianity. And what he's talking about there is that when people read the word of God or read the Bible, um, and I'm specifically going to reference the lecture, because again, I don't know enough about this to speak effectively on it. But he references that uh, you know, people who say, you know, the word of God is simple and it's, and, and the Bible should be read word for word and, and just taken as it is in its most simplistic form. You miss the mystical, you miss the magic, you miss the uh, mystery 
um, and everything that has kind of been hidden and taken away. And when you do that, you miss out on the knowledge and wisdom that is there that has been put there to help guide us through our lives to help connect us with Christ, and to do all of these things. So in a way, if we look and apply that, so yes, we have dogmatic Christianity in modern day today. Yes, we have the people who do not want to um, look beyond, uh, you know, just the simplistic, you know, stories in the Bible or whatever it may be. We have that with so many things is that people again, and I want to just actually reference back to when you said, Sarah, about Lucifer and Armand working together. People want to be told what to do. They want to be told what to believe and they don't want to go behind beyond that. And that is an armonic impulse. Um, Steiner talks about preserving jars and that we have libraries full of books and we have all of this information that has been stored and preserved and like humanity has passed it down. Um, and that we don't really seek that out anymore. We don't seek to find more. We don't have any curiosity. We don't, you know, whatever we're told by whoever, we just take it for what it is and move on. And that is where I say it's a lack of radical responsibility and it's a lack of self-responsibility because essentially, again, it's the luciferic and armonic impulse working together where you no longer have any discernment. You're looking constantly outside of yourself. There's no relation to your heart. There's no relation to your intuition. There's not even any really re like relation to your head. You are just simply um, absorbing whatever is being given to you and then taking that as you know, as Bible, essentially, you're taking that as as the word and, and that's what it is. And you're never seeking outside anything else. So then when we look at um, Armand's connection to science, like scientism and all of these things and statistics, and um, even the way history has been recorded and everything else is like, we have been led into a state where we can no longer connect to the inner wisdom or connect to the objective truth of of things including even you know steiner says about the mystery of golgotha and everything it's like all of that has been washed away from us which allows our mon's incarnation to come even easier um and this is what he wants and that's what steiner says he wants to essentially avert our eyes um and he will slip through the cracks because no one will be paying attention and no one will be able to um perceive him anymore yeah so i have to self-correct i have to self-correct because i said that lucifer brought the moral impulse I, that's not right christ brought the moral impulse after there was there was none <laughs> so i don't know why i'm like i finally just finished my second coffee so my brain's working now so and of course i'm led to human sacrifice what did we see in the pagan in the pagan times prior to christ we saw so much human sacrifice because again if we think of it in this model there was no moral impulse so that was perhaps not even a thing to look at what's like well yeah we got to appease the gods we got to do all these kinds of ritual blah, blah 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 we all know this kind of stuff so that was the whole that was part of i mean this wasn't the only thing but that was part of christ's mission and when uh, Taylor just said the mystery of Golgotha, that's literally the crucifixion. So that was part of the Jesus's ritual to bring the moral impulse. So his blood spilled on the earth so that humans could forevermore going, you know, henceforth humans know that um, there, there is an objective truth and a good and an evil, let's say. 
Um, and I mean, I'm not religious, so that's where I'm just going to leave it because that's, I think the most important thing to draw from that. And the, and as you were saying with, um, with the Aramonic impulse, that's almost the confusion that Aramon brings because people can argue two subjective truths and they can seem correct. And I think that in the last three years, especially with all the COVID bullshit, that's the problem is you can argue with your neighbor about what is true for you and someone else can argue what's true for them. And those two things can still be true. But outside of that, there is still an objective truth, which no one wants to tap into anymore. So that's the difference where the Christ impulse would say, well, what's the objective truth so that I can move forward, be in my heart space. And like, like I just see utopia and I kind of like think of that in my head versus to still be at odds with your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your family, whatever, because you think you're right and justified and righteous in your, you can even think, you can even still think that you are morally responsible and correct, but that might not be the objective truth, but that's the harmonic impulse that is working us over. And of course, like you, you were saying in Steiner's time, Aramon would have been heavy on his mind because this is like post-World War One right pre um when he was doing all these lectures you know like this was like right before world world war ii was about to break out and he's obviously in austria and hungary and germany and stuff right so so the nationalism piece would have been very important for him to you know shout out bolo to everybody like yo this is happening right now so maybe we're so and so it might seem that it's not so important um, well, I mean, wars are still breaking out. What am I saying? Of course, they're still breaking out all over the fucking place. But perhaps to us in North America right now, the war is more of like of a spiritual nature, but still maybe as detrimental because if you lose your humanity, well, you're, that's a death in itself. So um, I was always uh, like, I know we've talked about this before, but it's like the dumbing down of America, the dumbing down. So you can the the joke is that you can be calm so confident this is where the hubris aspect comes in where you can be so confident that you're correct in your methodology of thinking if you are if you're under the spell of Aramon, let's say um because you are only using this center of yourself you can believe truly that you have it so right and that's kind of the the pitfall like that's what he that's what this impulse would expect of you to keep thinking that you're doing you're living you're moving the right way being all brain-centered all um I don't know what's another good word like I was gonna yeah go on I was just gonna say like either so mind-centered um or so heart-centered and that sounds very strange but also heart centered in the fact. And when I say that, I don't mean like being with Christ in your heart. I mean, so heart centered that you are emotionally triggered, um, by everything to the point where you are again, not looking into the wisdom that has been recorded, not looking into things further, not researching anything, not following, um, you know, like what is in front of you or, or no, I don't, I don't actually think you can say that. I'm going to say that. I don't agree with that because if you are heart centered, you have the empathy because then you are not, I think it's the luciferic impulse is what drives people to the, the emotional reaction. And then, 
and well, I don't know, like, like to mm-hmm. be continued a little bit because that's where the mania of outside of their bodies, because if you are in your heart, you are not manic because if you have the luciferic impulse taking you over, you are seeking out, you are emotional. You are super reactive because you have no groundedness. I completely agree. Okay. And that's what, yeah, no, I completely agree. I was just I know what you mean, the lecture. I, think, I know what you mean by like emotional because emotions makes us think that we're in our hearts. But we, yes, but thank you. That's, and I think that's what he said at the end of the lecture in regards to like the head and the heart have to work together. And that's where um, I think a lot of people, I 100% agree with you when we're in our hearts, we're in that empathetic state. We are grounded, we are clear, we have discernment, um, we are guided 110%. Um, uh, yeah, I was referring more to that high emotional state. So, and again, if you look at our media, if you look at the propaganda, if you look at everything that's being fed to us constantly, they want us in that high emotional state. So you're reactive all the time. So then you're not looking past that. It's like you have the emotional reaction and then you're guided by that. And that yes, is definitely, um, I would say more the luciferic impulse. And I love what he said in the lecture. I don't have my notes in front of me um, because I wrote down the specific quote, but he talks about how when Lucifer and Armon work together, um, Armon essentially says to Lucifer, um, you can have their stomachs, like i.e. you can feed them through their stomachs and I will lull them like lull them to sleep, i.e. like Aramon will lull our consciousness to sleep so that Lucifer can essentially uh, feed us whatever he wants to. So um, I your, think that's your, really- uh, example of the news was perfect because if you think about it, the Luciferic impulse has us out of our bodies and the Aramonic impulse has us believing whatever the news telling was telling us because the, the, the heart, like let's say Christ is our heart, Armon is our head, and Lucifer is an energy that is always available at all times, right? So if we're out of body, we're not centered because we don't know who we are. We've never thought about it. We have no spiritual impulses left within us. Then Armon can rule the brain and we'll like, that's the bad feedback loop, let's say. So yeah, yeah exactly. Your example was yeah. perfect. And yeah. then that's the mania and hysteria that can um be that people can be driven by because it's well i mean i guess that's fear too right because there is no sense of self so it's always kind of working off of a fear um because people who are truly in their bodies have no fear because we have all these other beautiful things absolutely i was gonna say fear fear is like a trust yeah no 100 i was gonna say fear is what i would like 100 percent um, leads us to, you know, either one of those impulses because it just completely disembodies you. Right. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is, um, part of the harmonic impulse as well is, um, keeping us in our, well, I guess this would be the luciferic with the harmonic, but again, keeping us in like that lower chakra system. So like survival and greed and selfishness and like the constant need, 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 I need this, I need that. And again, if you look in our culture and even over the last hundred years, what has been promoted so much is like, you need a new dishwasher, you need a new this, you need a new that you need, you know, to have a big house and the nice car. And then even when we move into new age spirituality, it's like even the inversion there of like, well, I need to manifest this and I need to manifest that. And Steiner talks about in the lecture about um, part of this impulse is that people no longer have spiritual, like 
um, I think he says people no longer want um, spirit for the sake of the spirit or soul for the sake of the soul. So it's not about your like journey with Christ or your spiritual journey to um, expansion and the evolution of your soul. People want spirituality. People want to be driven for their own selfish needs. People want to be spiritual and heal and do all of these things so that they can have their big house and they can have their nice car and their Gucci bag and and their this and their that. That is not spirituality. That is not the reason that you inquire about a spiritual life or you go through spiritual development. That should never be the goal. Um, And I think the new age community Uh, you know, that wasn't around as much in the same capacity that it is now when Steiner was talking about this. But I do think that's the perfect parallel to this. And what I see so much inside of it is that it's not really about, uh, you know, healing your soul or expanding your soul so that you can be of service so that Christ can work through you and you can serve humanity. You want to be spiritual and you want to heal your soul and do all of these things so that you can have the gains that you want to gain, which is the complete harmonic and Lucifer, um, impulse working through somebody. Yeah. I took you off of here. You're about to talk about the gut and I want to go back to that, but what everything you're saying right now, I am vibing hard because I have this all in front of me actually do have my notes, but what you were talking about in terms of the new age. Yeah. Spot on. Uh, I love, like, I love when people say material atheism because that material atheism is like, Oh, you're a material atheist. Well, that could be triggering to someone, but it's so perfect because it's like the material is uh, like Armand wants you just to acquire goods, go to school, be a robot, do these habitual human things without one second. Sorry, mom break, mom break, real life, real world. Here we are. What was I saying? Material atheism. Oh yeah. Works you over. You no longer have spirit, God, no sense of self because you've been worked over by Again, Armon and Lucifer in tandem. That's the perfect. Uh, I'm going to go stimulate the economy. I'm going to buy some stuff. It's super service to self. And I think the problem with the new age is that uh, they, like they I say, they, I don't know, new age still believes that they are service to others. And I think that's the big, big, uh, what is a pothole in the road, I guess, where people are going to get sucked into this because they are truly under the spell thinking that they're doing something for other people. And they're going to get that, that same feeling, even though it's like truly false. That's what I want to say about that. Um, Oh, Siri, you can see that. Well, yeah, I can, because it's starting to be very apparent. I think that's something too, that like these things are really breaking down the glamour, um, Again, this is why Steiner is so timely right now after the last uh, two and a half years that we've been through all this uh, BS, right? Everything is being illuminated. So thanks, Lucifer, for the illumination because the playbook, dude, we have your playbook. Like we can see it all now. Um, We just need to learn about this Armand dude because now we're seeing how that's been working us over. Um, But again, like the, the veil is falling we can see the the wizard behind the curtain. Like it's it's like it's almost so boring in a way if you think about it. Like everything that could be like human potential is so juicy, and these other two impulses are so boring. I'm just like, 
man completely agree so no, okay, so boring trivialize it or whatever but it's like man these playbooks of how we're supposed to hate our neighbor i'm so bored of that yeah. i'm so bored of listening to the fucking news telling us that we need a bajillion jobs to be healthy we know that we can be healthy. i'm so bored of that you know what i mean like it's like man oh man <laughs> i don't know like that's a whole other thing i could just fucking talk shit for hours about but like it is boring. So if you, so if you have the sense of how boring it is because of the repetition, and we all know that repetition is the easiest, um, you know, uh, what's the easiest way to mind control someone is just the use of repetition. Well, you know, if you can break out of the repetition, it's very easy to see how loose for an arm on our working people over. That's what I want to say about that. (laughs) No, completely, completely. And it does, I think like once you understand these impulses, it's like, it it literally encompasses everything that we're living in today. Like it's not hard. It's not some hard concept. Um, Most of the things that people complain about today are related to these impulses. And I loved what you said about the new age, how they still believe that they're in service to others, because I think that's, that's the fucking inversion, right? Like, it's like, even when I think about people who, um, you know, like with, with everything with COVID and they're like following the science and following the statistics and like doing everything. And they think that they're being a moral person. They think that they are doing the right thing. And this is where that whole preserving jars and that whole concept of radical responsibility really wraps into it. And I do believe that when you are in a state of radical responsibility or a state of sovereignty, let's say, that is when you're anchoring Christ in to your heart because you're not looking outside yourself for anybody to tell you. You are taking in information. You are putting the work in to understand what's going on around you, to understand your life, to understand your soul. And then you are using that discernment on how to move forward. And I think that is so different than just being told something point blank and then following it through. That's not being a moral person. That's not having a moral impulse, just being like doing what you're told to do or, you know, um, the appearance of caring for others. Caring for others requires work and it requires sacrifice and it requires uh, knowledge and empathy. And I think that we are not seeing all of those things interplay together a lot with a lot of people, um, like just in the general consensus of the way people move about the world. You know, it's, it's like you said, people are either pulled in one direction or the other. Um, but I think it's really the inversion that, um, like, you know, if we want to talk about it in, in kind of a humorous way, like Aramon's just, you know, clapping his hands right now because people think that they are, um, you know, being in service to others or being super, you know, moral and, and empathetic and caring. Um, and at the, like, when you really look at it, it's, it's all selfishness and it's all greed and it's all service to self. So. Well, I think the whole, uh, good point about the preserving jars is that the preserving jars are there and one shall not make an echo chamber of one or two jars we have many that's why you know it's preserving jars plural so i think some people would say well i have you know dipped my fingers into these jars i am learning things okay well we're talking about as many as you can get your hands on and that hunger to learn should never stop i think that's maybe what steiner was talking about because of course you can isolate yourself and you know pick three jars and be like yo i learned these three preserving jars i i have been doing this work And I think the other thing too, um, 
that I would like to say that Steiner was referring to as well, again, within the whole lecture, is that within these preserving jars, we're looking for spirit and soul. We're not looking for statistics. We're not looking for man-made, um, like man-created scientific observation all the time. Like that was Steiner's whole thing, right? Is that there is a tangible there is the tangible human experience, but that always needs to be coupled. Like it's like mind, body, and soul constantly with him. Um, and yeah, so I loved what you said, like within, like, I'm sure there are people where they're like, oh, well, I've dipped my hand into this study and that study. And I've read these three things or, you know, these three jars again, was there any spirit or soul within that? Was there anything outside of just the tangible, like, that's what, Armand's impulse really is, is that like scientific, very materialized, uh, physical, um, information. Um, and I think Steiner even talks about how Armand uses statistics to deceive humanity. He uses things like that and mathematics and stuff to deceive humanity. So it's like, sometimes that's not where we need to be looking, right? Like you can read all of the statistical research and, and, uh, scientific papers that you want to, sometimes you need to look outside of that, the the preserving jars that are outside of that. And I think birth is a perfect example of that because for me, I can talk all day about physiological birth and oxytocin and, and birth needs this and birth needs that from a very tangible scientific perspective. Um, but that doesn't touch anything about the euphoric transcendental experience that birth is and what it does for your soul. So it's like, I can prove all of my points about physiological birth and, and why home birth is important from a scientific perspective, but that doesn't nearly hit the fucking nail on what birth actually is as a spiritual experience for, for a woman. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like where I was going with it as well. Well, two things I want to say on one hand, um, I don't fault, I mean, of course, I mean, it is our fault, right? At the end of the day, but I don't fault people too much, um, until there's a moment of, okay, things have to change. So I think we're at like the precipice of like, things really need to change. Everything is out there, out here to dumb us down. So this is what I mean by like, this is the, this is the spiritual war because there is nothing out here in our modern tech, our modern day-to-day -day living that isn't here to completely retard us of our spiritual life. Um, so we're up against like quite a bit. I mean, humans are like, we're so beautiful. Like we're really easy to manipulate. Like we really are. Uh, like we're, our brains are super malleable and we can just be drawn into all these different like ways of thinking. And like, that would be great. As long as you are constantly going back into yourself and being like, how does this fit for me? But the problem is we're not doing that. And I mean, again, that brings us back to the Lucifer impulse having worked us over already. But another thing that I wanted to say was everything that the scientism and that this mathematical mindset, the harmonic stuff brings with it is the, is the thinking that we know it best. And that also kind of is tied to like history as if we're at some kind of like apex now of knowing like for the birth example, um, because we've come so far with like the industrial revolution and because science has brought us this far, um, we're correct because uh, this is the technology. We have the technology for this now. 
So in that kind of way, that would be the argument to be like, no, like we have these hospitals, we have this, we have all of these interventions, blah, blah, blah. None of these interventions even have a sense of what they're doing to the person, to the soul, to the spirit, to the human, to the, to the experience of like the baby, because that we're like completely illiterate of, of that. Um, like we've lost a lot. I think that is actually kind of the, how to summarize this first lecture. It's like, wow, you can actually see how much we have already lost and how much we need to like prep for what's to come. But it's like, you gotta, so much catching up has to be done because you can apply it to like, this is what I mean by I'm applying it to everything. I'm applying it to like the birth world. Cause I know that's a, like where you and I like to live in. Um, but you can apply it to education. You can apply it to the way we eat. That brings us back to the whole gut uh, brain gut connect, which I wanted you to keep going with, because that's a huge piece, I think, about how we are devouring spirit, as Steiner said, and you can literally, you can take that very literal, or you can take that like metaphorically, because I mean, both hit is what I'm trying to say. Do, do you want to keep talking about that? Yeah, I think just like when we, again, like, when we come from the perspective that like everything spiritual is mirrored within the physical and like our bodies are both a spiritual and physical vessel. Um, and then when we talk about, uh, when he says in the lecture about, you know, basically you're a devourer of like, i.e. you're always, you are always digesting spirit in some way. It's your choice who you're digesting essentially. So are you, uh, moving with Christ? Is that what is moving through your body? Or are you moving with Lucifer? Or are you moving with Aramon? And is that what you're devouring? And then when you think about the gut and brain connection, when you think about what, like how 80% of our immune system sits in our gut, when you think about, um, I know even you and I were talking about, you know, just on our own, um, you know, people are constantly in iron overload and they're putting iron shavings in all of our food. And then when you actually understand the spiritual esoteric energetic vibration of iron is fear. And then they're trying to overload everybody with fear essentially and putting fear into our food and fear into our blood, which will become even more apparent as we move through um, these lectures, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just on a, on a spiritual level, yes, you are constantly devouring soul and spirit. It's whether you're conscious of, of what's, what's moving through you, but then on a very physical level, um, you know, when we are talking about like selfishness and greed and like, what are you eating? Like, and you're eating all of these chemicals and you're eating all of these iron shavings and you're like making choices for your body and your spirit that are not like truly for you. Well, no wonder our guts are like, you know, emaciated and no wonder we're all sick and like, no wonder, you know, nobody can eat properly. And then of course they're manipulating our food even more. Like even, even food is like, we have become so reliant on everybody else telling us what we should and should not eat like, and, oh, you can't eat this and you should eat that. And like, I'm not saying that people should go out and eat conventional fast food every day. I'm not talking about that again, subjective versus objective truth. Right. Um, like what we were talking about earlier, but what I'm saying is, is nobody wants to take the time to tap into themselves. Like, does this food feel good in my body? Does this make me feel good? Like nobody's referencing things like that anymore. It's all like, what am I being told to do? I need to be the trendiest person. I need to be on top of this. I need to be on top of that. And like, 
everybody, like women are more malnourished and infertile than they've ever been. Like, and it's just, this is all the stuff we're talking about. It's like, if you look around, like we're just completely like, what is the word I even want to use? Like, yes, disconnected, but we're like, it's even, we're like fragmented. Um, I think is like the word that I want to use. Like we're just like in these little shambles of pieces all over the place. We have no connection to objective truth. And I do think that like, well, yes, you know, we are up against a lot and like we are at a time right now where this impulse has already been, you know, working its, you know, fucking shit on us for like quite a long time now. Um, At the same time, I think that it's 100% our responsibility and it's 100% like, yes, it's fine to, sorry, yes, it's hard to find the preserving jars that hold those objective truths. Yes, it's hard to constantly be questioning, you know, like how we said at the beginning of this podcast is like, you know, maybe in five years we won't like Steiner, but it's like, that's the kind of openness you have to have is like, we just keep on digging and keep going deeper and absorbing more and putting things together and running it through our own systems and our own spirits to see how it sits with us. And can we see it in the world? Um, you know, with an open perspective and an open mind. And like, are there examples of this in my life? And all of these things, I think that's 100% our responsibility as humanity, because if we don't want to go down that road, if we don't want to turn into some scientific transhumanistic worshiping um, AI, you know, society, then it is our responsibility and it is going to be hard, but it's like anything worth doing in my opinion is, you know, it's not easy. Like the spiritual journey is not an easy one. So yeah. You can see where the real uh, Christ impulse is coming through people. And even if we don't have that language or, or even if you think you have to be religious, I think that's the problem too. People are going to associate that with religion. This is for another, another lecture, another episode, but it is interesting to me how it's like, we can feel it because what do we want to do? We want to get out of the city. So it's like, well, we have this harmonic thing coming through where it's like, we want to, you know, one second, my love, you know, hook our brains up to the Borg and, you know, we can see the metaverse rolling out. We can see all these really like harmonic things, you know, you can get jabbed a bajillion times and like, you're still not going to find immunity because you're not in communicado with like. You're completely muted. You like right in the middle. You the last word I heard was communicado. I can't hear you. I, I can't hear you. Nothing. I can hear you now. Okay. Well, this is without headphones. Wow. Well, like not today, Satan. What I was gonna say. What I was saying was there is you can you can see the impulse that we are feeling um like more of like a christ impulse i would say to you know start homesteading and start uh, becoming one with like our land and our environment again and we there is of course a push with all within uh, many of us to you know unlearn everything that we've been told so it's like you can see the battle like we can see the battlefield very clearly um and what we're up against and it's just truly figuring out the nature of like the seed of which impulse because it's like okay you can see um um just a quick example and then we'll wrap this up and it's like okay the health thing oh well the next thing you know it's an mlm so it's like you can take the impulse of health Gabriel one second please my love and then it can be completely wrecked by 
materialism. So it's like you gotta parse through each uh, each little thing that pops up in our uh, existence right now and be like, okay, well, we'll go back to the to the spark of it, and which which way does it lean? Uh, and, and that's that's the hard part. Like that's the job. Like that's what's up against uh, us all, right, Oren? Okay, she heard correct. It. Oh, I definitely heard that. Yeah, no, that was perfect. It is, it is. It's, it's the discernment of like which impulse um, and, and going back through, I think is yeah. something really important that you said, which I know you and I do quite a bit. Um, well, fuck, it's hard out here, man, but that's what's on my mind lately. Yeah, no, it is. It is hard. And it's, again, the resources, I think Steiner even just mentions in the lecture about like, could actually be in the second one, but he mentions, you know, how a lot of the original like wisdom that was stored for us, obviously, as we know, has been destroyed or has been hidden or has been diluted. And so it is hard. It's not like, you know, we can, the preserving jars are deeper than, than one might think sometimes, but it's, it's, I think as long as you're on the quest and you are open, um, to, to learning, to changing your mind, to being open to different perspectives. That's where the power comes. That's where the ability to, to discern comes from, because, um, I feel like it's when we get stagnant or when we accept one thing as, as, you know, the whole truth, that's where we get into trouble. Right. Well, it's basically shadow work and everybody shies away from shadow work and going through Mm. your entire existence with a fine tooth comb might not be for everyone but that's <laughs> kind of what is being called for right now so okay i think that's a great place to stop because man steiner school is just gonna get heavier and heavier yo it's gonna be hard out here um and i have new headphones coming so take that demons of the eighth sphere and um okay taylor marie i love you thanks for doing this we'll we'll hit it up with the next one soon love you okay bye stein school stein school if you don't if you don't want to listen to this because you think we're on our fucking high horse about all the uh, spiritual levels that we've ascended by now. I totally understand. But if you want to resonate with what we're throwing down, fucking get in the hot tub with us. We'll be swirling, bitches. We'll be swirling with Rudy. Take some fucking radical responsibility, okay?